This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you blues. Welcome along, folks. New season of Chewing the Cud. Uh, start off the usual great enthusiasm and high hopes. And then as soon as the match kicks off on Saturday, we'll just go back to the usual depressing rubbish. Uh, actually looking forward to the new season. Um, the boards and everything. Well, we'll get into it. It's kind of gone down a little bit since the DCL injury, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, welcome back to the three lads, Colly, Richie and Chris. Afternoon, boys. How are you, guys? How are things? How are you, guys? Lads, how are we all doing? Oh, Boston lads, just like I said, the, the boards for the season and then like we're going on the boat trip now on Saturday and everything was flying, flying, flying and then this morning just bang. It just, as we touch on that first, Colly, uh, the Dominic Cavalier injury just just takes all the wind out of sails we had going into this new season. Uh, it does, Joe. Um, all season we've been hearing from Lampard that he wants to build a team around DCL and even the way he's setting up with it, you know, the 3 5 2. So you have your wing backs, Patterson and Nikolenko, serves in DCL. And bang, I, I genuinely think as a club, of course, Joe. Um, it's a, I, I feel for uh, Calvert Lewin. Um, he came out at the end of last season to say how mentally tough it was being out injured for a period of time last season. He only gave an interview three or four days ago to Darren saying that he was fit and ready to go for, for the new season ahead and how much he was looking forward to it, I'm sure. Joe, he was trying to put himself back into the English frame, particularly for the World Cup on the horizon, but that's gone now. There's no way he'll make the playing for the World Cup. Um, I do pity him for the injury that he had last season. There are knock-on effects. We've seen that with Gabamon. You know, I see some fans, like at the end of the day, it's not it's not the club's fault. It's not anyone's fault. You know, the kind of, it's just genuinely unlucky for the chap, but there should have been there should have been replacements lined up for Richardson leaving. They knew this last January, Joe, you know, the kind of way. Um, you, you would have to point the finger at the powers to be that they hadn't lined up a, a, a replacement. And I know financial issues have, have affected us. And we're not the only club with financial issues this summer, Joe. Um, but surely we should have a striker lined up to, to come in for Richardson. Someone that could play out wide or through the middle. I know there's been names mentioned um, but unfortunately, it means it's going into the next at least three months, if not longer, without Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And then by the time he gets back fitness-wise and stuff like that. I was full of optimism going in, Joe. Not, not that we're going to, you know, massively overwin things this year. But I, I genuinely thought we'd be middle of the road, middle of the table. Um, but I worry now uh, where the goals are coming from because, because of Calvert-Lewin injured. Um, Delhi's being brought in he played as a false nine during the summer I'm sure we'll go into that uh, I, I kind of I rate him he's a very unusual player Delhi, but and he can bring other players into the, into the equation but Don McAvoy-Loon's a massive massive loss Joe and, and, and again as, as the lads I'm sure will say it's just taking that buzz away from the start of the season but we got to get in we got to get out to the pitch um, but it's where the goals are coming from that worries me I have to say Joe Yeah I, th- I think we're struggling like before this injury, no, it's a must say it's still just reported that it's like it's it's a three month injury, Richie. But um, like we're struggling up front going into this, like we're absolutely bunched now. Yeah, it's just just so deflating. Like without even getting a game under our belts, to 
it's it's timing and it's no one's fault as such injuries happen but again uh, it just leads back to to years of failure kind of through, throughout everything from having the right personnel in as soon as Richie left we knew we need we needed somebody in regardless you know we needed another striker in and to be at this stage and this was always the fear and after the season that he'd had last season with injuries that you know there was always the the chance that he was going to pick up niggles or whatever, but to ha- happen at this stage without getting anyone in, it's it's a really, really tough one to take. It's probably the one place that we, at this time, that we didn't need an injury. But, yeah, um, in regards to stuff in the pipeline, who knows? You know, your name's kind of thrown around, and I'm sure that there is stuff. But now, because of our situation, people are going to hold us to the wall and, and, and try to rinse us, especially and knowing that we don't have kind of, or that we're tight on funds and trying to structure deals and things like that. So it just makes it more and more difficult to get the actual bodies that we want in. Um, but it's such a blow for him as well, because after being out for so long last season and all affected him mentally, and that's the last thing you want to happen. Yeah. So frustrating for him, given, given last season, I know that he said he, that he had mental health issues as probably affecting from from being out for so long as well. And you just don't want to see that kind of creeping in again and, and, and anything like that on anybody. Um, but for, I suppose, from a fan base that's been so easily swayed, it's it, it's a tough one to take because I find that it's kind of very roller coaster at the, at the moment, you know, that kind of after the season kind of things were on a high and we just needed something to pick us up. Um, needed a signing or two, eventually got him and now we're kind of deflated again in the back of this. So, Look, there's nothing anyone can do about it. So we just need to kind of injuries will happen throughout the season. We just need to kind of pick ourselves up and get behind whoever we have, and hopefully that we will get bodies in to to to, to get us through anyway. Yeah, I know I've been reading a few reactions online, Chris, uh, and they're going to get it. It's just the way Everton fan base is at the moment. Um, people saying like, "What are we doing in training?" Because the amount of training ground injuries. Like we get as a club, it's just like, and it's not just recent; it's gone back like years. It, it's scandalous. I think I've ever seen a team have so many long-term injuries, whether it's doing mm. knee ligaments or breaking ankles or coma breaking his leg. Go back, fucking uh, Luca Dean doing his ankle in. Remember mm. years ago, Barkley done his ankle or a couple of days before the same thing. We always seem to get serious injuries. For the cup final, Yakubu, Jagielka, all these long-term bleeding injuries are Teta. Mm. It's frustrating. Um, it's really deflating because I was really looking forward to Saturday, especially with the rumours, Gannon might be in and he'd be starting. And, you know, we're still linked with a couple of players to fill out the squad. But it's a big, big kick in the bollocks. You know, as the lads have touched on, the system we're playing is pretty much geared towards having the wing-backs high and getting service and getting balls into the box. And sure, there's nobody now that's on the end of them. You know, Rondon isn't great at all. He's going to be suspended as well for this game. I mean, he's a championship player, if even, you know. So, it is. It's just a result of just years and years of the club just decaying that we find ourselves in this situation. Of course, finances are tight, but they knew well before the season was out that Richie was going to leave and you would have thought we'd have contingency plans in place. Maybe we did, but things shouldn't be left to chance. It shouldn't be allowed to escalate so late, you know, that I think all our, all our ducks are in the Broja basket. We're probably trying to wait. Chelsea are trying to get players probably in and out and then 
but they'll make a decision on whether they let him leave and we'll try to take him on loan. That's mm. probably what we're waiting on. And we've no choice because of our finances, you know. Especially with the loan spots, I think they're interested in probably Billy Gilmore as well. It's a couple of Chelsea lads. Gallagher, as you mentioned, we can only take one on loan from Chelsea, can't we? So I think there's a game of cat and mouse going on, but it doesn't help our cause because we're so desperate at the minute now to, you know, get, get bodies in. I'm sure you can say judges at the end of the window, but I mean, there's four, five games to play, just 15 points to play for in the meantime, 12 points, 15 points. You can't just start the season at, you know, the second and the first game after the second window closes the derby. So, yeah. I mean, that's not really, <laughs> it is frustrating. It is. It's, it's frustrating for us. It's frust- If he was fit last year, I don't think we would have struggled as much as we did. You know, you would have fancied him to at least get double, double figures and, I don't see anybody else in the team at the minute that's going to get more than six, seven goals. Probably Gordon Gray might get six or seven, a couple from the back. There's little coming from midfield. You know, as much as I like Delhi, I don't think he's the answer. I love it to work out for him, but I just can't see it clicking with him. I don't know what it is. I hope it does. I just don't think he's going to be the player we hope he is. And that's probably just because... It would be an uneverton thing for him to regain his form that he showed at Spurs when he just burst onto the scene with how good he was and mm. how he can be. I just can't see him reaching those levels again. As for Dom himself, yeah, you have to feel sorry for him. It's going to be another kick in the teeth for him mentally. You know, a young lad, the World Cup coming on the horizon like the lads have touched on, it's going to be difficult for him. And Maybe it's a bit of a blessing for us that there is a bit of a, a break for three or four weeks with the World Cup. It gives us a bit more time to Hopefully get them back in and around Christmas time, back into the fold. But if it is three months, you know, it could be more. Hopefully it's a lot less and he recovers a lot quicker. But yeah, it's 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 unfortunate and it's frustrating. But look, come half five uh, on Saturday, we're going to be right behind them anyway. You know, it's going to be great being back at Gullison and let's hope we can use the atmosphere and, you know, ride away if we had last year, that emotion and that intensity Chelsea are a good side. They've made a few good signings with Sterling and Koulibaly. So they're, they're a good side and they're going to know what to expect. But, you know, worse Everton teams have beaten better Chelsea teams. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule anything out, you know. But let's just hope that there is work going on in the background and we just pull a name. I know I like McNeil. I was done with in a couple of days. Hopefully that, that, that'll be the case again, you know. Yeah. It's just, again, I just feel so sorry for him uh, personally. Uh, like he he came out and said that the stuff he went through, uh, mentally and hopefully like it's like it's not as long as as it's been reported. Uh, we just go back, Collie. Uh, preseason. I I never kind of put much much emphasis on the preseason. It's all about fitness and you know getting bedding players in. Uh, a couple of losses in America and then a couple of wins, um, against Blackpool and Kiev, um. No one really stood out pre-season. I know they, they brought a couple of the Uffles in. I know you know more about the, the Uffles, Warrington and so on. Yeah, I... I um, the, the, the main issue I have with pre-season, Joe, was um, how late it started compared to other premiership teams. Yeah. Um, when, when, we, when we played Arsenal, they were already a full nearly two weeks into their pre-season and had a match even before we had. And it showed on the day... Um, I think Arsenal have, have 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 had a really good preseason and could be a team to watch out for this season. Uh, they fought really well, but um, 
in, with respect to ourselves, uh, the states for me was a commercial thing. Um, yeah, I suspect I suspect a lot of investments into the club going forward will come from America. Um, so that's the reason I think we went over. Plus, obviously, the, the heat and, and the train, um, you know, facilities were, were top notch, and, and they all spoken about it. And so, look, you know, Minnesota was halfway or three quarters way through the league, so they're so much better than ourselves. And uh, Arsenal, as I said, were already a couple of weeks into their own preseason before we came up against them. So, uh, f- from a fitness point of view, yeah, from a results point of view, we shouldn't be really too worried in my mind. Um, look, I don't like losing games. I get that. Um, but as you touched on, some of the young lads that went over uh, to the States really, really uh, shone. You know, and so much so that from what I'm led to believe, just two or three of them will be hanging around the first team at least until January and then they'll look at reassess the situation. But, you know, the likes of Lewis Warrington, you know, for me, he's done really well. There's nothing flash or nothing you know he's he's just a very simple footballer he gets the ball and plays it forward takes it off the defender turns and, and plays a forward pass young Stanley Mills uh, revelation Joe um, oh. I, I watched the 23s as it was last season 21s as it is now a couple of times on, on Urban YouTube channel and, and he always impressed me when I watched it and then you look at the, the uh, Welch or Reese Welch um, and the he's a he's a Genuine big lad, and uh, you know a lot of lot of really really good reviews from various coaches throughout the club on him. You know, um, would a loan option probably be best for him? Yeah, but given our circumstances, you know, um, and plus with five subs this season, you know, it'd be good for them to be in around the club. But I can see Warrington actually possibly getting a game, uh, a couple of games, particularly in the cups, um. But then you have the likes of other players that haven't that didn't make an appearance in, in preseason any game. Obviously Gomez. So you know, if, if you're reading between the lines, you would suspect the Gomez won't be part of the squad going forward. They're obviously trying to offload him. Um, the same with Gabamon. I know he played in the, in the one or two games preseason, but um, he was pictured heading over to France uh, on the day that we played Blackpool. So God knows what's what's happening there, but then, um, by and large, America for me was was more about the commercial end of things and, and, and just investment. And I'm led to believe again, it hasn't there's nothing uh, confirmed, but I'm led to believe there was some sort of deal um, signed for a, a slave sponsor. Um, but that hasn't been confirmed, which I'm surprised at. Um, but again, that that may happen over the next week or so. So America, yeah, came back Blackpool. You know, it was good to see them scoring a few goals because we didn't score in the States. And then uh, Kiev, I watched it during the night, started really well. Some periods of play were really, really good. I thought Patterson, um, Sean, I think he's a really good, energetic right wing back. Mikolenko, um, the, the, the Negri, I think that's how you pronounce it, uh, done well when he came on. And obviously Dwight, Dwight McNeil um, was done in, in less than, what, 30 hours, 24 hours, which is so unevident. Uh, like, but that chap's only 22. It's hard to believe mm. he's only 22. It feels like he's been around for ages. And I just maybe think that a break from Burnley, it, it could be what he needs. And we have a few few players there, Joe, that I think could step up if they moved away from the club. And uh, Tom Davis would, would be one of them players, I think, you know, just to give his career a bit of a, a boost or injection. I don't think Tom is, is, is going to really feature that much this year. But again, who knows? Change of scenery. 
just might help him. You know, I definitely think McNeil. I think he's a good player, Joe. Uh, probably not the quickest, but he certainly has a quick mind and a football brain. Yeah, yeah. Just, just on the new signings, Rich, uh, I think, obviously, Vinagre or whatever his name is, uh, he'll be kind of a backup for Mikulenko. But I, I can just, and maybe McNeil will be in and out, but I think Tarkovsky is, like, judging on the preseason, he's just going to be a starter. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot more than a starter. I think um, it's just that leadership qualities that he that he brings mm-hmm. to the team as well. Um, a lot more composed than I expected, but I'm probably just basing that on, oh, you know what, he's kind of no-nonsense playing for Burnley and whatever. But, you know, I think it's the consistency that he brings, well able to play with the ball at his feet. Um, but, you know, you saw in that first game, he, his debut against Arsenal came on at half time, and right at the end of it, Stanley Mills was after getting a bit of a knock over in the corner and he came in and he kind of took control yeah. of the situation. And, and it's exactly what you want to see, you know, someone, I'm only in the door, but you know what, basically, you know, Stood up, put his chest out, and he stood up for the for the young guys around him. And you just see that kind of influence that he's going to have on players around him. But just makes us so much better defensive wise as well. You know, always we're saying that we don't that, that we have to have three with the personnel. I think that we're a little bit more capable of playing with it too. When you know that you have someone like that in the middle, you just hopefully that you can have if Mina's going to be around, that he'd be fit to go in alongside him and, prob- and probably Godfrey as well. But I think a fantastic signing for for nothing, you know, um, and just, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him kind of progress for, tr- throughout the season. But I think on the, on the rest of them as well, McNeil, kind of really good. And as Collie said, that change of scenery. I think you kind of, you have the shackles on with Burnley. The, the first kind of thing is, don't concede, you know, defend and kind of get back and stuff. Whereas here, you know, be allowed to express himself a lot more. So you just be hoping that that kind of change and being allowed to to let himself go, take on players. And, you know, that first goal the other night is exactly what you want to see on, on fellas. And it's something that will hopefully get the best out of Gordon and Gray as well, kind of push them to kind of up their level and to bring in product. Because I suppose... You, yeah, although his stats didn't hasn't kind of said it in recent years, I think that he that he that he will be able to add a lot more to us going forward. So yeah, I mean, I think the business we've done is good, and we just need to do more. Yeah, yeah, I think again, we're, we're going to struggle at the moment now, Chris McGall. So I think it's it's just vital that we tighten with the back. And I think Tarkovsky is is just the type of player we we were screaming out for. Yeah, we have the makings. When everyone's fit, we've mean it as well. If, big if, he might even be fit now after missing the Kiev game. We don't know what the story is with him, but, mm. you know, I've always felt whoever Mina played beside always looked better beside Mina, whether Michael Keane or Godfrey or Hoge. So to have two leaders, you know, Tarkovsky again with Mina and then Godfrey there for his recovery pace as well, I think that's a solid tree if that's how we're going to play with wing-back system. But he's, um, his reading of the game is excellent, you know. He reads the game really well and he seems to be always in the right position at the right time. He doesn't have to be the quickest, but his in-game reading and how he organises the players around him and has them in the right position as well is uh, is really impressive. He loves a tackle, which is going to go down well in front of the, the Gladys Street, throwing in tackles. So, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, he didn't, didn't realise he was as good with the ball at his feet, whether it be playing the ball into the midfield that option with the diagonals into the wing backs, you know, we, that's a good option to have because Lampard spoke many a times about not just being one dimensional. And as much as you don't like to mention it, Van Dijk is always doing it for Liverpool. That's another outlet for them and teams to, 
you know what I mean? Back to front very quick. So it's, it's good to have that option as well, a bit of variety and a play. Then you're going to get games, you know, 35, 36 games. Hopefully he'll be there as a mainstay, fingers crossed with his injury record. So really impressive signing. Um, you can't really, the lone fella, great. You know, you've an extra body there for the cup games and that you're not only playing Mikolenko, a bit of competition there as well. Happy enough at that. He done well when he came on against Kiev. Seems to hold the touchline and give us a lot of space. So that was that was good. McNeil, I was a bit, you know, but I mean it's three million a year for five years. So we're only after spending three million in the whole window. That'd be yeah. paid over his five year contract. As you said, twenty two years old. Fair enough, he lost a bit of confidence, which which you can do. So you know, hopefully he made the best possible start. Hopefully he can use that. He'll get in the team and He'll surprise us, you know. You know how many players have we signed like Ghana when we signed him when he was relegated with Villa, and he was instantly one of our best players, you know. So let's hope we're due to get a good a transfer right for a change. So let's hopefully McNeil is one of them. He'll actually pleasantly surprise us. He's not the quickest, but he'll drive forward with the ball. And he's hard to dispossess because of his quick frame and his close control with his feet. It's just nice to see someone having a pop on goal because we don't shoot enough from in and around the box as well. And we don't really have any left footers of such, you know, naturally for that left side. So even the right side cutting in off the left. So it's good to have him for balance, a good left footer in the team, you know. It's coming out now just uh, as we're speaking. And, uh, it's looking four to six weeks for Cabot Newton. So uh, fingers, fingers crossed. For, for the opener, more, more, we, we can be a bit selfish Thinking of the club and everything, but or the hopeless mental mental health. Hopefully, it's not too long. All right, here's the crack now. Uh, we can into predictions for the season. <laughs> they, got, they were they were well, they were allowing up beforehand, but look at this injury. I think we've just gone down a notch or two. Uh, Cully, just probably where we finish, uh, rather than how it's going to go, like in general. Where do you think we'll we'll finish? Um, I'm gonna go in around thirteenth or fourteenth. So, hmm. think um, gonna take that now. To be honest, yeah. Um, look, all other sides were Leicester, maybe Bournemouth haven't done a hell of a lot, but all other sides are strengths. You look at Arsenal, um, probably have secured the best transfer for me over the summer with Jesus. Um, you look at but then sometimes transfers don't work Joe you look at Forrest and they brought in 12 players people mm. say oh, but 12 players don't necessarily mean you're going to do well in a, in a, in a, straight away you know players need time to to, to, uh, to bed in you know you look at Lingard going to Forrest he's getting what 200 grand a, a week he's on a year contract with Forrest leaves at, at the end of the season regardless of what happens to them you know what mm. what's the what's the you know the drive, drive there, you know, the kind of way. So, you know, we, we've brought in, we've already discussed some of the players we've brought in. I, I hope we get a, a, a Ghana in because I, I think for the system that Lampard apparently wants to play, we need that six. Now, Ghana wouldn't necessarily be the six I would be going for, but with very limited options, Joe. Um, but I think if we can get a Ghana in and put the Corey in beside him and possibly a Wobie, you know, it gives us options for formations, you know, and, and more so than anything this year, for me, it's formations, how he wants to set up because we have a couple of options there. You can go back to a flat back four. 
he can do your three five two. So, but it's the scoring, Joe, and we've covered this already in the pod. But um, I I think the addition of, of Tarkowski, as the lads have already said, is fantastic, absolutely fantastic addition. Um, you know, if we can get me in a fitter for, you know, fifty percent more games than than we did last year, even Keane in beside Tarkowski, Holgate, Godfrey, you know, I I don't think I I don't think we're gonna. <laughs> We're going to make too much advance, but if we if we can get to a stage where we're a middle of the road Premiership team until we get into primary more, I think that's the the goal. Um, some of the players we've been linked with, you know, fairly standard Premiership players, you know. So would I take 14th now? Yeah, I would, Joe. I have to say and and, and move on. Um, unfortunately, we're no longer a, a big club. We're no longer an attractive club as such to a lot of players. Um. So if we can change, if we can change things, and now change like everything, like all changes, these things come very slowly. But if we can improve on a couple of places in the league this year, at least we're going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a case that Rich of just, just literally next, like Holly says, next couple of years, just steady in the ship, and just now, like, it was potentially like. Uh, Disaster last year if we'd have gone down, we'd have disappeared. In my opinion, but uh, we just need to like lower our expectations this year. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I, I mean, you just don't want the drama. You kind of go back to a couple of years where you say your season is over by January or February, where you're, you know, you're not going to make Europe, you're not going to get relegated. And I obviously look, it'd be great if we were in the mix for Europe and stuff. But to be honest, I think it's just about kind of getting through this one, having a kind of a, a non, not even a non-exciting, maybe maybe we will kind of surprise one or two, but I I, I just think given the, the, the squad depth and, and things that that we won't, I think Collie said 13 to 14, like 12 to 15 down, so right around the same bracket is where I'd be. Mm. I won't say content with, you know, you don't ever want to say that's your goal to no. finish here, you know, you, you still want to expect that Reverend Football Club and the least we should be kind of aiming for is to be challenging for Europe. But I just don't think that we have go- enough goals in the side right now. I think that it's difficult to kind of give a, 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 a prediction given that there's still a month of the window left because you don't know what's going to happen. There's going to, so much is going to happen, not just for us, but for other clubs as well. And, I think that kind of dictates it, which is why I'm not a big fan of the window kind of going into the season, you know, because it it affects everything in your, whether you're four or five games in, that that's 12, 15 points, which can be an awful lot kind of come the business end of it. Mm. So I would say kind of 12 to 15 now, but I think when the window closes, I'd like to kind of <laughs> revisit this and see, and see, and see where <laughs> we are. And, and hopefully I'd be able to touch it up to maybe seven to tenth or something like that and I think that would be really good I, I do find it interesting that so many people have tipped us for the drop have tipped Lampard to be first kind of outdoor as well um, yeah. not sure what that's based on I think it's a kind of an anti-Lampard that he's just not liked I think from other clubs for, for whatever reason um, and obviously look we were pathetic last year you know avoided it by, by, by the skin of our teeth but um just going on kind of some of the things that we've seen already, you look at that key performance on Friday night and yes, it's a friendly and you can't read too much into it, but I think our style of play and, and everything has improved an awful lot. And I think the mood around the place has improved and that is good for points as well. 
So mm. on, on the basis of those little things, I would kind of think that we should be looking at no worse than 12 to 15 right yeah. now. I, I, yeah, there's a few things actually at play. Obviously, the window goes goes into the season, which I, again I I agree it's, it's just ridiculous. It should be finished at least a week before the season starts. But also, Chris, the, like the five subs this year, and that like that's going to be a massive, massive like difference. Not just to us, but like the likes of Liverpool, City, Chelsea have like a bench that would walk into any team. So. That's going to change games as well going into the season. Big time. I mean, it's pretty much changing 50% of your outfield team, you know. teams, Top teams are playing in Europe and that they have the squads to just keep refreshing their squads. There's no advantage there for the clubs with smaller squads. And a lot of clubs don't even have. They'll have to rely on, you know, younger academy players like Carl touched on earlier, even with those. But the teams like your Fulhams and your Bournemouth, they're going to have to play academy players, you know. Teams don't have the squads, but um, it's a where we are. It's a tricky one because I think we'll, I think we'll be in and around uh, sort of forty six, forty eight points. I think we'll we'll be you know comfortable enough around twelve thirteenth. But I feel for Lampard and Hellwell in a way, to be honest, because. The idea now was pre-season. He can implement his own style and how he wants to play. And it looks like it's... Well, it looks like it's a three at the back. But because of our lack of centre midfielders that are any good, we're pretty much being forced to play the wing-backs, which suits Mikalenko and Patterson because they like to get forward as well. And, you know, we've overloaded centre-backs. So we're a bit more secure there. But he hasn't been given the players yet. Now, we're basing this on you know, up in the window, up until this point, as as of now, he hasn't necessarily got all the players he needs to play the way that he wants. So if the season starts off badly, what does he do? Does he persist? Because his job is on the line, despite as much as we like him. We just keep losing this year, you pull the plug. And not be negative, that's just, it could go that way. Yeah. Does he revert back to how he got results last year? Park the bus, work our bollocks off, it's ugly. And you're hanging on for dear life just to get points. I mean, that's not going to be sustainable after five, six games to do it for the whole season. That's not a sustainable approach either. So I feel for him because he hasn't been given the players to play the way he wants. You would have liked him to have them in so they could practice that system in pre-season, get everyone settled in, everyone knows the roles. We have a settled team, settled squad in an ideal world. Well, you can't really blame Tellwell either because his hands are tied because of the finances. So he's actually done quite well, in my opinion, with the players he brought in for, as we said before, three million. And he's done well in getting the younger lads out on loan. Your Sims, your Anyangos, players like that. I think Dobbin could be going to Derby. So we're doing right getting these lads good loans at decent clubs as well for their further development. I think the likes of Warrington and stuff is probably going to be a last-minute call, depending on who comes in. If we can't get the players we want in, right, we'll hold on to Warrington, we'll hold on to, say, Mills. And Mills only has a year left on his contract as well. So that'd be interesting if, you know, if he someone else taps him up and he goes elsewhere, let's hope he doesn't. But it's, yeah, it's a catch-22. It's it's really kind of hard to tell what way, what way it's going to go. You'd like to see us, and obviously Calvary been out for hopefully not as long, but... How does the system change in that respect? Because we've nobody that will hold the ball up 
really hold hold the ball up and link bring players into it. You know, so it's it's a tricky one. But you know, even this three at the back against a team like Chelsea, it's gonna be a flat five. That's the yeah. worry. It's all right when you're playing lesser teams when you know you're expected to have a bit more possession and put your emphasis on. I like it when it, when you're attacking. You know, you get an extra man forward. You have that defensive cover. When you're playing a superior team like Chelsea, who do play that system, the three-four-three or whatever way they do it, like their wing backs are very good. Alonso and Reese James. I'm not sure if they're got they're in contention or how they're fixed, but. You know, we get pushed back and it just becomes a flat five and we can't get over half. And that's the fear for me, this game especially, when we get rid of the ball. There's nothing up top now to make it stick, to get us out. So it's just going to keep coming and coming and coming. You know, so that's that's the worry in that respect. But, yeah, I don't know. I think we'd be comfortable enough. You know, I think we'd be all right. I think we'd do enough at home. I think if we can... Yeah. You know, it's not going to be booming every game, let's be honest. But for, I mean, if we can win nine or ten home games, which isn't unrealistic, considering we won, what, four of our last six, I think, possibly, mm. I could be wrong, Wolves beat us and Brentford beat us. And then, you know, we done well beating Chelsea, Palace, United and uh, Newcastle. So, I mean, if we over the course of the season, if we, we get enough points at home, we, we, we will scrape two or three away wins and hope we get a couple more and then pick up more draws because... Last season, we were just losing. We weren't even drawing games. Seven, eight defeats on the trial. We couldn't even buy a draw. So, I know we're a bit harder to beat this year. We can dig in and get a couple more draws. I think we'll finish between 45, 48 points. Ultimately, it's not good enough. It's, our expectations are Europe, really, since Moyes was there and Martinez's first season. Even Koeman, we got. It was a catastrophe, Europa League, but we still got Europa League. That's always kind of the aim, which we feel we should be for a club of our history and stature, you know. But the fact, it could, it's a strange one, football, because the, the expectation is low. And sometimes with that, there's less pressure and you can play with more freedom and we actually tend to do a bit better, you know, mm. kind of way. I hope that's the case. You know, we're not going in all expect, expecting to, you know, do really well. It's going to be a bit more a bit realisation, right, this is where we're at. After last year's scare as well, I don't think we'll take finishing mid-table for granted. But ultimately, what we want to see this year is signs of progression. The style of play developing, is, you know, we're going to be inconsistent of somewhat. But, you know, you can see what we're trying to do. We have a system. We're playing to that system. And over the next couple of windows, we're going to recruit players and keep overhauling the squad, getting rid of your Gomez's and players like that, Rondons, all these players that aren't contributing at and on high wages and bringing in fresh blood that are going to play in Lampard's system and it's just going to grow and grow and we're going to get better because it can be easily done. You know, a couple of lone players, Palace done well. I know they only finished six or seven points ahead of us, but they nearly got relegated the year before and then they got a really good season and ended up getting to the cup final, didn't they? I think they were for the final, semi-final, they were beaten with Chelsea. So it's not really, we said a lot of times last season, if you're hard to beat in the league and, you know, you're strong, we need to improve our set pieces especially. That's another thing we used to be good at. Just by hard work and being disciplined and, you know, putting in graft, you can get up that table without being the best team in the world, you know. Mm. After the mm. top, you know, five or six teams now, there's another gap there. It's it's all to play for, really, you know. West Ham maybe as well be, you know, in that top six, top seven. But other than that, there's not a whole lot between the teams. So, yeah, I don't know. It's all speculation, but... Look, let's just hope that we can we can show signs of progression. We be, 
won't be as stressful as last season and a few of the off-field issues will get will come to fruition and we'll be able to move forward off the pitch as a club as well and just once the fans see the sense of direction we'll get behind it and we'll go with it and when everything is united as we've seen last season we're all pulling in the same direction yeah. we, we can do an awful lot you know yeah, I think that's vital. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just to, that we are all on the same page, and you've seen it, especially the Palace game and the and the Chelsea one as well. When when Joe, fans, Joe, can I yeah. just come in there for a minute? Um, yeah, yeah. Just just going forward on on the coming season, there is two wishes I'd love or hope that comes through. One, the Lampard gets the full season, regardless whether we go four, five, six, seven games without a win. I think he needs time. I think Tellwell needs time, but more mm. importantly, Joe. Fans need to stay off the pitch because the FA are written to, to either fine us or deduct points or close part of the stadium. Don't give mm. them the opportunity. You know, the kind of way I see AX have banned now fans coming in with signs about giving, uh, the, the, giving uh, sorry, players giving away their jerseys. Look, I understand the emotion that was in the Palace game uh, last season. We were all We were all there. But just don't give the FA an opportunity yeah. or... Yeah. Don't leave our asses out to be smacked because they will throw the book at us. You know, the kind of way it feels as if there's no relationship there at all with the FA. And that's the impression I'm getting, you know, the kind of way. Yeah, exactly. And it's they're just sitting there waiting for us. Yeah, yeah. You know, the kind of way. Like, he's already come out and said about it, but no, no worry about Man City and the pitch evasion that happened in Man City. So, you know, I know hopefully that the, the, the message gets through to fans there at the weekend or whatever the case may be and enjoy the, the pre-match but for God's sake don't be putting kids onto the pitch running after players because at the yeah. end of the day all the fans are going to suffer for it. Yeah, agreed, agreed. 100%. As much as it's like it was good to see last year with the kids but it, like the FA committee said that there's going to be serious repercussions for any team who Let's people encroach onto the pitch. So just, just don't do all that. Just, just stop. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go uh, kind of similar to 12th to 15th or 16th. I just, I, I just think it's going to be like a stoop to conquer, as as Colin was saying earlier. With a couple of years before we get into the new stadium, and it'll be similar to kind of the sports situation. Sports were absolute muck for two, or three seasons before they moved into the new stadium, and then the bounce they got from that. You know, and you can see the difference in them now. They're talking themselves as the well, regular Champions League, if not contending for the title, which I don't believe they are. But you can see the difference in them with a new stadium. So I just think we're going to have to bite our tongue for a couple of seasons, sit tight, whether it be from 10th to 15th or something, and then see what happens when we get into the new stadium. Hopefully we're not in the same crap as we were last year, struggling, struggling. Right, we'll just get to finish off now. Uh, prediction for the match on Saturday. Go with you, Carl, first. Yeah, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go 1-0 to Everton. Delhi to score. 1-0 to Tottenham. All right, Rich? Um, not as optimistic. I'll go for a... Because it's opening day, I'm going to go a two-all draw. It's kind of the, the historic result that we get. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going for five home wins on the spin against Chelsea. I don't know when the last time that happened. If you said that that was City or Liverpool or any of those, I think that's it's it's, it's a massive kind of feat to be in this position, you know. So we have a good record against them, and 
they're not firing in all cylinders either. Got a few Tonkins in 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 preseason for all that matters. Who who knows? But it may be a good time kind of to be getting them as well. As much as we're kind of unsettled and waiting on new signings, um, they're kind of in in a little bit of limbo as well. The new owners, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm hopeful. Hopefully, we can get something, and I'm going to go for an open game to all. Well, I'll take a bit of that, actually, to be honest. Yeah, Chris? Yeah, I'll go for a one-all. Just with it being the opening day, we, you know, we'd be up for a half-five kick-off on a Saturday. It'd be good atmosphere. I think we will do enough. It'll be a struggle, you know, back to the wall for large stages. But I'll go for a one-all, hopefully. Anyway, I'll be happy with a draw, considering, you know, we're, we're not, now a recognised centre-forward and that. Um, I think it'd be a... It'd be a good... Uh, Good start to the season, you know, get, get a point and move on and hopefully a bit more movement on some transfers and we can we can kick on a bit then, hopefully. Paul Joyce is just saying there, looking at a month for Calvert-Leon, so that wouldn't be the worst outcome, although we still need a striker ASAP, you know, but yeah. let's, let's hope that's as long as it is. Yeah, but one all, hopefully, and we'll kick on from there. Yeah, I've got one all as well. Like I said, it's just just based on the pre-season optimism. Literally, just you know, the new season after was inserted. Um, again, I think we'll be sitting in for long periods of the time. And, and like you said earlier, Chris, any boss that come out will probably be coming straight back in. But I just think if with Tarkovsky now, if you can start building up a partnership, whether it be with Kane or Godfrey or Mina, I, I think we will become hard to be, especially at home. I'm hoping so. One, one all for me. Oh, uh, yeah, just before we go, as you last, I know Michaela, uh, she was kind of in and out last season, but uh, she's she's coming back soon now in a couple of weeks to preview the WSL season. No, last season, Everton thought about 10 or 11 players. This season, they've, they've sold 10 or 11 players, so we don't know what's going to go on there, but she, she'll let us know more now in a couple of weeks. And then, obviously, looking forward now, uh, Richie, you're over, Chris over, and there's a uh, Big boat trip going on there. Toppy's boat trip. There's 53 of us on the boat and 17 total going over. So the buzz is like kicking in early Saturday morning at the port. We'll be all saying, yeah, 3 and 11, 3 and 11. And then it'll just go 17. Uh, yeah. All right, that's, that's it. Good to be back. Sorry, go feeling He's going to play a well, be right wing back. Okay. I think he will. I don't think he's going to trust Patterson up against Sterling from the defensive point of view. I think he play a well be right wing back. Didn't he play him last time he played Chelsea right wing back? Yeah. This depends as well with if Ghana is over the line, which it isn't looking likely because we've heard nothing. I'd say he'll go with him and the car in the middle, have it legs in there, and then have a well be right wing back dropping in and breaking out. I could be wrong, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a big ass Patterson, you know. Yeah, well Coleman probably won't be fit, so no, I don't think he's fit. And a, a, a couple of cases are just doubling up on Sterling. But then again, with the likes of Chelsea, like he put two men, there's just so many options coming from there. No, it's just, the more I think about it, it's more scary as gets. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, boys, thanks very right, much. Good to be back. All right, lads. Take it easy. on Saturday, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.